when you open your Bible and you begin to search through it, you will find that there are numerous passages of Scripture where the Bible speaks of the Lord as a shepherd. One of those is Psalm chapter 78 and verse 52. And there the psalmist talks about God making His people to go forth like sheep and guiding them in the wilderness like a flock of sheep. Another is Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11, where the prophet of God tells of a God who feeds His flock like a shepherd, gathers them in His arms and gently leads them. Then there's another passage in Ezekiel chapter 34 and verses 11 and 12 where God speaks of searching and seeking out His sheep and delivering them from danger as they have been scattered. But for all of us, the most familiar passage of all that refers to God as a shepherd is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And that's the passage I want us to focus on this morning. I want to continue those familiar words. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There are a lot of books the world could do without. Better than the world could do without this little psalm. Because those words have dried many tears over the years since it was written. The words that are spoken there. The words of God as a shepherd. Those words are... Too intense not to be the outcome of personal experience. What do those words mean? What do those words mean to us right here, right now in the 21st century? I think the key to that passage of Scripture is the same today as it was when it was written. The very first words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Those, beloved, are the words that give us the courage to face tomorrow. Those are the words that give us the strength to face the future. White-souled mothers through the years have rejoiced over the fact that the Lord is their shepherd. And at the same time, there have been sin-sick harlots 
who clung to those words, the Lord is my shepherd as their one and only hope. Sheltered souls over the years have sung those words in the peace and quiet of God's house on the Lord's day, and storm-tossed souls have sung those words as they were braving heartache and tribulation. We cannot say with complete authority who wrote those beautiful words describing God as the shepherd. For long centuries they have been credited to David, the shepherd king. And if David wrote them, and I'm sure that he did, those words were not words that were written in the springtime of youth. Those are words that are the words of a man who has lived much. And a man who has spent a great deal of time in thought. Those words are the words of a man who has greatly sinned and a man who has been greatly forgiven. They're the words of a man who has December in his life, but has June in his heart. I want you to use your sanctified imagination for a moment. I want you to go back with me by an eye of faith, and I want you to perhaps see David sitting in his palace in the city of Jerusalem. And as King David sits in his palace in the city of Jerusalem, memory takes him by the hand and leads him to a far-off yesterday. And the king's thin white hair suddenly becomes the golden locks of youth. And the roof of the palace lifts and overarches into the deep blue of a cloudless Syrian sky. And the scepter in the king's hand becomes a shepherd's crook. And as he looks out, his court and his subjects become a flock of sheep. Oh my how familiar that flock is to the shepherd king. Because the shepherd king knows them every one by name. He knows their eccentricities. He knows their peculiarities. And as he looks upon the scene, a, a new warmth comes to his heart. A tenderness comes to his faith. And he thinks to himself, and then he murmurs to himself, I too have a shepherd. There is one who has loved me, one who has sought me in all of my wanderings. There's one whose gentleness has made me great, and that one is God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you realize what an amazing discovery that is? David, as he writes, he dares to claim God as his very own. You notice that David does not say the Lord is a shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. You can say the Lord is a shepherd. You might say the Lord is a shepherd. But you know what? You can say the Lord is a shepherd without a fire burning in your heart and soul. You cannot say the Lord is my shepherd 
without getting out of that a hand clasp of life. And without getting out of that the burning inside your soul and goosebumps on your skin, the Lord is my shepherd. It was Martin Luther, long years ago, who said, the religion we experience is in the personal pronouns. Did you catch that? The religion that we experience is in the personal pronouns. And he was right about that. Think about the old English preacher Thomas Chalmers. When he died and they went through his personal effects and they looked at his Bible, they turned to Isaiah chapter 53. Where the prophet of God says, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Chalmers had taken a pen. And he had carefully marked through the plural pronouns in that passage. And he had carefully printed in the margin of his Bible the personal pronouns. So that that 53rd chapter of Isaiah in his Bible read... He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace is upon Him, and with His stripes I have been healed. The religion that we experience is in the personal pronouns. Everything takes on a different tone. Everything wears a different look when we can speak of it as our very own. That's why when we say, the Lord is my shepherd. Beloved, it takes on a very special meaning then. Because that's ownership. Now that David has dared to claim God as his very own, his next words are the most logical words ever uttered. His next words are the epitome of common sense. The Lord is my shepherd. And it follows just as night follows day, I shall not want. He's able to supply all of our needs and there's no one else who can supply all of our needs. Sooner or later, grim want breaks down all the other defenses in our life and lays His torturing hand on us. You know, we've heard all of our lives and we're accustomed to the expression, money talks. And within certain narrow limits, that's true. But in the presence of the deepest, most dire needs of the heart, money's as dumb as the frozen lips of death. And all of your life you've heard the expression, knowledge is power. But, if it's only the knowledge of earthly things, Then in the presence of the supreme needs of life, it's as as anemic as the 98-pound weekly on the back of the comic books we all saw when we were kids. With nothing more than earthly knowledge, we are 
in a more desperate situation than the prodigal was, son was in slopping hogs in the far country. Love and friendship are blessings of unspeakable value. But even love and friendship are wholly inadequate to satisfy the deepest hungers of the human heart. There's only one way to avoid want, and only one way only. And that's to be able to sing with this great saint of old, The Lord is my shepherd. You see, with the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want for rest or refreshment because we will find in Him satisfaction for all the hungers and all the thirsts of our souls. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The sheep lie down because their hunger has been satisfied. And with their hunger satisfied, they feel secure and they feel safe thanks to the presence of the shepherd. The same good shepherd, beloved, meets our needs with perfect confidence. God asserts His ability to satisfy the deep longings of our souls. He tells us He's the bread of life. And those that come to Him shall never hunger. He tells us that He's the water of life. And those who come to Him shall never thirst. The years ahead may disappoint us in a thousand different ways. But it will not disappoint us in our quest for rest. If the Lord is our shepherd. With God as our shepherd, we shall not want for leadership and guidance. What does the writer of the psalm say? He leadeth me beside still waters. That means God goes before us into the unknown tomorrow. We have not passed this way before. No one has. But here's our consolation. Our way is not new and our way is not strange to the one who goes before us. Whatever the future holds for us, whatever we are going to face tomorrow, we can be sure of this. God is there. God always goes before. And not only does God, our Good Shepherd, go before us, He gives us guidance. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness, the psalmist says. Have you ever thought about how limited our vision really is? And how desperately we do need the guidance of the Good Shepherd? How often we stand at the forks of the road and we do not know which way to turn. With the Lord as our shepherd, 
with Him as our guide, we can hope for restoration. The psalmist said, He restoreth my soul. There are two possible meanings there for this word restore. First of all, it brings to mind bringing back to health and strength one who is sick. Our Good Shepherd claims emphatically to be able to cure the sin-sick soul. And all the saints of old firmly are sure of the truthfulness of that claim. We hear one of the prophets of old ask in amazement, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? The prophet is wanting to know why there is torturing sickness when there might be buoyant health. Regardless of the deadliness of the disease from which I may have suffered yesterday or from which I may be suffering today, there's healing for me at the hands of the Good Shepherd if I only will give to Him the chance for which He so eagerly yearns. Then to restore also means to seek that which was lost and bring it back to the fold. David is no doubt speaking here of his, from his own experience. He's thinking about the black and dark and tragic crisis of his own life. First there was adultery. Then there was murder. Murder not in the heat of passion, but deliberate, premeditated, cold-blooded murder. And yet even then, God did not give him up. God never stopped seeking him till he found him. That gives us hope for ourselves. That gives me hope for me. That gives you hope for you. Even in all of our defeats, even in all of our failings, we can still win and be victorious. With the Lord as our shepherd, we shall not want for companionship or comfort in sorrow. He leads us in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. But as all of us know, the entire journey of life does not lie among such lovely pastoral settings, does it? The road of life can change with bewildering suddenness. It can change from green pastures to deep valleys in the blink of an eye. We can be beside still waters and suddenly they become raging rivers out of their banks. But our Good Shepherd does not forsake us in the desperate hours of life. What God does is He draws us closer to Him. God does more than walk with us in the darkness, beloved. God brings us out of the darkness. Have you ever gone through a mountain tunnel? Some years ago, we were on vacation in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and my mother loved trains. So she booked us a train ride on a steam engine. 
And it went through this long, long tunnel. And as that train went into that mountain tunnel, it's black and it's dark. And you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. You look at the windows of the train and you could see absolutely nothing. And then, just as suddenly as it became, as it had become dark, we came through the tunnel and we saw light again on the other side. In that same way, the Good Shepherd is going to lead us through the dark valleys of life. Our Good Shepherd is going to take us through the dark valleys and bring us back into the sunshine of life. As he says in another psalm, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning with our Good Shepherd. We don't have to worry about a home at the end of our journey. What does he say? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now listen to it. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When the sun is set, when the day is done, does the shepherd go home in the evening and leave the sheep to make it as best they can in the wilderness through the long night? No. It is when night comes that their danger is the greatest and they need Him the most. So when the shepherd turns his steps toward home, he leads that flock of sheep after him and he never rests until every one of them is safe within the sheepfold. Can we expect anything less from the good shepherd? The one who layeth his life down for the sheep? Would he love us and lead us through all of our pilgrimage only to forsake us when our need of him is the most desperate? Will He hold our hands till we reach that greedy and muddy ditch we call the grave and then fling us into it and turn His back on us forever? Will He do that? In a word, no. When the evening shadows of life gather around us, like the Good Shepherd that He is, He'll lead us home. That where He is, there we might be also. Blessed thought and happy day. He'll take us home. And there we'll bask in the sunlight of God's redeeming love throughout all ages. World without end. But there's a caveat to it. The caveat is that for us to have the assurance that David had. For us to be able to say with confidence, the Lord is my shepherd. We've got to be living His kind of life. We've got to be living it His way. We have to have complied with His terms of pardon. Jesus Christ must be the Lord and Master of our lives. Are there changes you need to make? Do you need to make changes in your life so Jesus will be Lord and Master of all of your life? I don't know what your needs of your life are. But if there are changes that need to be made, for you to be living God's kind of life and say with David, the Lord is my shepherd, 
This is your opportunity to come and let us help you make those changes. As together we stand and while we sing.